gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dip. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. And just on that other line, I'd actually like to make an entire podcast on that. On not, not making girls evolve beyond their development or beings evolve beyond their development. It's really important, especially with young girls, young girls that are confused, that are, uh, that eat shit food and talk shit thoughts, think shit thoughts, let them think shit thoughts. You don't have to be with them. It's not your role to change them or to fix them or to make them grow or evolve beyond the current level of development. Through your own demonstration of behavior, she will learn what it means to behave and to, to think in a sound minded way, positive, uplifting, growing way. She certainly will not learn that by you directly saying that's not the way to think. And for you as well. So let's get to the mapping out. This is the final part here. So when he says, if a relationship is flowing by itself so effortlessly, if a relationship is flowing by itself so effortlessly, at what point would you consider mapping out or planning a future together as beneficial and the buck stops or hold on then he goes on saying we are both in our early 20s so just i'm gonna leave that right there if a relationship is flowing by itself so effortlessly at what point would you consider mapping out or planning a future together my friends in the chat here's the final class question at least for this stage what is the issue with the concept of a future together Drop it in the chat. Yeah, but these are, uh, you notice that I normally start off with easier questions. Like a multiple choice is a lot easier question than an open-ended one, as in just an essay question. 
but it means you have to um, you have to think a lot harder. So, what is the issue with a future? The concept of a future together. This will be the final thing that G needs to address when he goes back to talk with this woman. And actually, I really hope G that you're watching this podcast with her. I know that we take tangents off to the side, back and forward, but I hope that you've done the service enough to be here with her. And so, I want to. I've asked the guys in the class questions in the live Q and A. What is the issue with the concept of a future together? planning mapping out a future together but i i'm i have faith that you're actually going to watch this with your girl so as you are both listening and watching this right now answer the question yourselves because because remember remember what he said here guys it's not just that he said at what point would you consider mapping out a future together it's at what point would you consider mapping out a future together as beneficial so he's already pre-assumed that it is beneficial to map out or that there would be a benefit to mapping out a future together, planning a future together. But I disagree. I want to see if you, any of you have it. Okay. Got a few up in this. Johnny Nguyen comes in with the first response saying, the problem is when is it ever tomorrow or the future? Well said, Johnny, which just goes back to what I said to you, G, at the beginning of this podcast, which a lot of guys who have just dropped in maybe didn't hear me say, which is this. When have you ever arrived at the future? Bobby Benedict then came in saying, is this an instance of trying to map out moves X, Y, and Z before having done moves A, B, and C? Yeah, I love it, B. That's an old school, old school concept. I love that one. I love that one. Uh, not quite B. Like you're, you're correct. You're correct that it is definitely an instance of trying to map out moves X, Y, and Z before having done moves A, B, and C. It is definitely that to a certain degree because they're not even actually living together. They're not even in a situation where they are living, can live together because they're both traveling. So there is some small tactics to that, but it's actually, it's actually, it's, it's something much deeper, much deeper. When I'm asking about what is the issue with mapping out a future together? B, think about this. When have you ever arrived at the future? When have you ever arrived at the future? We all know that we can never go back to the past, but few of us ever consider that have we ever reached the future? Have we ever arrived at the future? Hmm. Interesting for you to conceptualize there, B. Muskie then comes in saying, lol in capitals. T coming in saying, it's just a concept. Your future together will never come. That's great, Tia. You're just stating the fact, but why is that an issue? I like it. You're correct, definitely. But that's great. Now dive deeper. Why is that an issue? Because remember, it's not just that it's mapping out together. He also perceives that to be something of benefit. Why was that? Why would that be an issue? Skeet comes in saying, yeah, there's only ever right now, question mark. Very true. So, same question to you, Ski, as to T. Why is that an issue? What's the issue in his thinking? Other than, of course, the, the fact that now we have discussed that we will never arrive at the future. There is only ever now. So, why is it an issue to map out, to have a, a concept around mapping out a relationship and a future together beyond just the stating the fact that of that's logically not possible? 
Because a lot of times the ego does not work logically. Most times it does not. And therein lies the issue. Uh, ben comes in. Ben Highland's up in here. Good to see you, Ben. Haven't seen you up in this chat ever. Have you ever? Maybe you have. No, probably. I think you have. It's just that maybe you've changed your username, your profile picture. Normally you have a, or maybe I'm thinking about Instagram. I don't know. I don't know, but I haven't, I'm not sure if you've been in these. I don't think recently you've been in these chats, Ben, but it's good to have you up in here. Uh, Ben's up in here saying, it's all up in the air unless both parties are willing to come to terms with what that truly means. Sacrificing for one another and all that the idealized future for them entails. It's all up in the air unless both parties are willing to come to terms with what that truly means. Okay, so Ben, that's good. Let's say, because I'm not sure if you hear from the beginning of this podcast, she's actually pretty consciously aware of herself as well, so is he. So let's say that within your answer, that they both have come to terms with what being together in the future means, mapping each other out and a plan together means. Right? Let's say that they have come to terms with that and you go on to say sacrificing for one another and all the, the idealized future that them entails okay that's good but then wherein lies the issue you've kind of just given a slightly more beautiful way beautiful description of what the others have but still are missing what the others missed as well which is what, what what's the issue what's going to be the problem here All right come over with that but very well written though. Uh, Bobby then comes in saying, as life is always changing and evolving, curveballs are thrown, etc. Good be, which means what? Which means what for him and for her? Because that's true. That's just a matter of fact about life, for sure. But what does that mean for them? What does that mean for... Hmm. Okay, you're almost there. You're almost there. Even a paradise comes in saying, with a future together you might have to compromise your journey. Maybe she has other goals different from yours. A bit late, but I've been listening. That's all right. Good to have you in Infinite, but you're pretty far off there and you might be far off there because you haven't been in this session. Uh, So first off, the idea of having a future together isn't actually a reality. There is no constant. Future is a paper wall. So we've been through that. We've established that because you will never arrive at the future. We only have now. But taking what you're saying there, if we can move beyond that, you've also made the same mistake that a few of the other guys made early in the, earlier on, which is that it's not necessarily a compromisation of your journey to be with someone else. In fact, it can, in fact, be a continuation. So you're, I'm not, a lot of what you've said here is definitely on a different wavelength because you just you haven't been through the lessons of this podcast yet. So don't worry, I understand that. But uh, that's okay. Skin comes in saying he's presuming that there will be a future together. Mm, not quite. I don't think anywhere in his message that he said that he is presuming there will be a future together. He's just saying when it would be beneficial to plan it. So he's not he's not quite that he's not quite in that line of thinking. Kakashi then goes on saying mapping out the future will put too much pressure on both of them to fulfill that future. Ah, now we're getting close. We can't predict the future, but we can prepare for the possibilities of what might come. The first part of what you said, Kakashi, was on, was was very good. Money. 
When you said mapping out the future, we'll put too much pressure on both of them to fulfill that future. So you're the first person that has dived beneath just the literal observation that the future is a misnomer, is a non-concept, is a paper wall. But when you say that it puts too much pressure on both of them to fulfill that future, whatever that future is, you're, you're, it's good. So, Kakashi, finish me then. Finish me off. What does that pressure do to them? That's the crux of this. That's the core of this, which is why this is such an issue. You're definitely correct that it puts pressure on both of them to fulfill that future. And that's uh, that's the word, that's two levels down. First level was just understanding that the future is a paper concept and will never exist. Part two puts pressure on them to fulfill whatever that idea might be. Very good. Part three or level three, the real depth of this is what does it do to him? What does it do to her? That pressure. What does that do to them? If you can answer that, that's money. That's the full money. Uh, Johnny then comes in saying, viewing planning as beneficial is a sign of being predisposed to a deep attachment, which leads me to believe he's not ready to answer questions of death and separation, especially once he does reach a point where a curveball is actually thrown at him. I'm just uh, breathing this in. So you might be stepping your bounds a little there, Johnny, by saying leads you to believe he's not ready to answer questions of death and separation. I'm not sure if we can say that yet, but I definitely agree with the first part of saying that viewing planning as beneficial is a sign of being predisposed to deep attachment. I'm not sure if we're ready to go as far as saying not ready to answer questions of death and separation. Maybe I will help to correct you there and say might have difficulty with answering questions of death and separation. Because I think, I think you were here from the beginning of this session. I think you heard his message. And I think you know he's pretty consciously aware. I think he's ready to entertain questions of death and separation. And uh, separating his true nature from his egoic self. I think he's ready for that. Whether he will have to what uh, harmony and peace he can come to it, I think is more of the question there. But the deep attachment that you speak of there, correct. Correct. And so, and so, when you then go on to say, especially once he does reach a point where a curveball is thrown at him, so you're just missing what the others are missing as well. And so what does that do to him and her? That's the final part that you're just missing there. But you kind of, you kind of sin binned him. You, you sin, you sin binned him before he's quite in the sin bin. So be careful with that, Jay. Uh, we don't know that yet. We don't know. Muskie then goes on saying, Mapping slash setting a future puts a degree of rigidity in expectation for an experience that is fluid. The development may not run in the way that you might plan together. Kiss, as in keep it simple, stupid. Mapping slash setting a future together. Uh, Mapping slash setting a future puts a degree of rigidity in expectation for an experience that is fluid. The development may not run in the way you might plan together. Good, Masky, good. And so what does that do to him and her? Same thing. Same thing as Johnny, same thing as uh, whoever, uh, someone else who's before him. It's Ben, same thing as Ben. You're definitely correct. You're like on level two there. Just take me to level three. You're right there. So what does that do to him and her? Hmm? What does that do? What this answer requires is future play thinking. You have to be able to move beyond 
just the first and second level. You have to think about what does that mean for them in the future? What is that in the future? What does that mean once that mentality is acted upon? What does that do to him? What does that do to her? What does that do to the relationship? Because that is the end point. That is the whole reason for why we're discussing it. Because all of the things that you guys have said is great, but doesn't actually give him a, a, uh, an action point. And that's what I'm leading you guys to learn in your own thinking is that it's all well and good to be able to observe and analyze a red flag, but it is just as important to be able to develop an action plan to counteract it. You've all given me great observation, great analysis. You're all missing what it means for both of them, what it does to them, which would naturally organically give birth to an action, which is so you can understand the coaching mindset. Because it's goal as a coach, I can't just break down and analyze and observe what he's doing without bringing what he needs to now do to fix out, play out, change course direction, etc. Okay, because we're not just here masturbating. Not yet. <laughs> mata, mata. Uh, T then comes and saying creates attachment. Okay, uh, that's that's two words, T. That's two words. You'd be way more specific than that, and more specific to what that attachment does. Kakashi comes in saying, the pressure forces their attention away from each other. They might get too attached to that idealized future they came up with. The pressure forces their attention away from each other. I don't understand what you mean by that, Kakashi. The pressure forces their attention away from each other. They might get too attached to that idealized future they came up with. So part two, bang on. They might get too attached to the idealized future. Yeah. Part one, I don't understand what you mean. What do you mean by the pressure forces their attention away from each other? If anything, wouldn't you think that the, the pressure forces their attention too deeply on each other? Hmm? It's almost like part one of your answer contradicts part two of your answer. They're kind of in opposition of each other right there, if you see what I mean. Do some work on that. Think about that a little more. Ben then comes in saying, Hey, yo, Adam, I do usually listen to your replays for the live session, but I heartily enjoy hitting you up on the ground. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Bobby, Benavik, Bonnie, Bobby B comes in saying, Forces a relationship onto an inorganic place and not let it naturally evolve as one. Forces a relationship onto an inorganic place. Yep, that's Craig B. And what will that do to them? Well, what will that do to him and to her? Okay, good. You're addressing your good observation, good analysis. Now the action point. Uh, ben then comes in saying, and the issue lies in compromising the present for said future. The issue lies in compromising the present for said future, which eventually can never be allowed to come fully into what it could have been because both he and she are trying to change the moments. And in doing so, after the natural beauty of their... And in doing so, alter the natural beauty of their coming together, setting them up for a way of doing instead of a way of being. Okay, Ben seems to be pretty close here. The issue lies in compromising the present for the said future, correct? A lot of other guys have said that though. Which eventually never can be allowed to come fully into what it could have been because both he and she are trying to change the moment. And in doing so, alter the natural beauty of their coming together. You've got 50 there. 
Ben, I'll give you 50 there. You got 50. The 50 you've tapped on very nicely, by the way, is that when you place such an intense control and focus on mapping out a future together, you sacrifice the moment. And what's most important about the sacrifice of in that moment is what could have happened within it. If you're always thinking about what's next, how can you ever be attuned to what's now? It's part of that guide that I addressed last week on the Eternal Energy Channel. You know, too much, too much of the doing mindset, as you said, Ben, too much in the control mindset, and you miss the cue in front of you, aka the woman's feelings, trust, emotions within you. That's why she had to leave him, in a different example. That's why she had to leave him, because he missed the moment. Now, he, that guy wasn't necessarily trying to map or plan the future. He was, he was in deeper, other deeper attachments. But for this guy, if he is the same, the same goes. If he's going to try and have a tight control and map on planning their future together, he will, in fact, miss the organic growth that would happen between those two, shortchanging them, halting their growth, stopping their growth. Okay, so I'm playing on, I'm just uh, expounding a little bit more on what you're saying there, but that's the crux of what you're trying to say. That gives me 50. So... That gives me 50, which says for what they currently miss in this moment. And so you're, you're essentially describing them. What we're describing there is the potential, what they're leaving on the table to learn from each other and learn together. The learning effectively stops. When you start putting a focus on the future, the learning and growth between you two effectively stops. You see this between couples quite a lot, actually. When couples start to get into planning planning out their their lives together and planning out all these different things and grand visions for the future it's it's never a stone's throw away that issues start to appear between them while the high school they had put their deposit down for their child is complete while the investment land that they had just bought in Tasmania to retire to is complete and while their next holiday in Costa Rica is now complete for next November when all of this planning is happening and all of this is going on, it's never a surprise that issues within the relationship between the two start to appear. And you often meet couples like this that appear to have it all together on the outside. Yet, if you actually spend any time with them, have such holes in between just them. And that's what Ben has talked about right there. Too much focus on a future, in quotes, deprives you of the now. How could you ever learn what someone really needs if you can't be with them in this moment here and now? Gee? Gee. Okay. But Ben's only given us 50 there. There's another 50 to it. What we talked about there is what you're leaving on the table. The potential growth you're leaving on the table. The potential ability to know each other on the table. That's 50 of it. There's also another 50 there. As in, and that's quite, that's almost like a positive in a way. It's almost like a, it's like a nice way of looking at it. And not, it's a more friendlier version of it. But there's a very dark other 50 of what happens to what these guys have said about placing such emphasis on mapping out a relationship or mapping out a future together. Something that happens to you and her. Something that happens to you and her. That's what Ben's hasn't addressed. Ben's taken us half of the way, which no one else has yet. So well done, Ben. I need someone else to give me the other 50 though. Otherwise, I'll have to come in with it. But there's something else that happens to them as individuals. And also together as a relationship as well. Think about that. You might even get it now, Ben. Uh, 
Johnny Nguyen then came in saying, Shit's finish us. To G, which just means, uh, excuse, Shit's finish to G for overstepping. I did mean to say, in quotes, fully answer slash come to peace with the answers. In quotes. Good, Joe. Ben then came in saying, and in doing, oh, sorry, that was what he said before. Kakashi then comes in saying, instead of letting the relationship grow stronger organically, they become dead set on the future they imagined. Okay, we're already there with that. That's just good observation, good analysis. Uh, this forces them to lose presence with the here and now, similar to Jedi teachings. So Kakashi, you've kind of described a slightly less specific version of Ben's and what we've just talked about, but good. I just need the other 50 now. Because what you're describing there, Kakashi, is what they're leaving on the table. The ability to be able to know each other better, be in presence of each other, really be attuned to each other. But that's great. But there's something that there's something on a very dark, dark end that happens when that happens. Something dark happens to people when that happens. You're talking about a lack of positivity and a lack of light. I'm talking now that's that's half of it. We're talking about the other half. Remember, everything operates in polars. We're talking about something dark that happens. That's the final bit that G needs to consider. Bobby then comes in saying, Bobby, I love that you're actually engaged in this chat. Bloody brilliant. Uh, Bobby then comes in saying, oh wait, did we get that? No. Yeah, no. Yeah, Bobby comes in saying, it would pull each of them away from the dance that brought them together in the first place. Depends what you mean by the dance, B. You need to be more specific with that. That's very aloof. It's very general. When you say it would pull each of them away from the dance that brought them together in the first place, essentially what you're just, what I think you're attempting to describe there is just that raw organic connection together and that the planning of the future interferes with that. If that's what you mean, bang on, correct. Now I'm just looking for the other 50, which is what it does to them in a dark way. Because then you're kind of, uh, yeah, it's not quite there. It's just not quite there, but you get in there. Skid comes in saying to make uh, they make their future their main goal instead of their own development. Yes, uh, with a question mark. That's true, and that's that's what they're leaving on the table. They're leaving their development on the table, together and what they could be together. Fantastic, but just looking for the other fifty now, and that's correct though. Skid didn't need to put a question mark on the end of that. And then Skid they came in saying, "No, I'm wrong. <laughs> you you're right there. You're right there, Skid. It's just not the other fifty. That's that's the fifty that Ben's already described. It's good." T then comes in saying they put their relationship above their purpose. Yes. Yes. So again, T, that's on the same line, all on the right 50, what they're leaving on the table. Very good. I'm just looking for the other 50 now. It's one thing I've been finding through these chats is that it's very difficult for people to answer with polar answers. Most people only think in one line. They think either light or they think dark. Very few people can give me an answer that balances the two, which is uh, just an interesting observation I've been noticing over these class Q&As. Because there's never just one. It's never just, like when I ask you guys the question, and when I ask G, G, if you and your girl are listening to this right now and watching this, when I ask you to, what is the inherent flaw, issue, potential red flag in mapping out a future together? And I ask you that question. Everyone has a natural set point of how they would like to answer, but it normally defers to either light or dark. Most people in this chat deferred to light. Some people would defer to dark first, but very few people come in with a, 
with a harmony of the two in which that your light will meet your dark and come together. So if you two are on the couch right now or up in that bed, you got some, you just finished with the coconut oil. Uh, you just finished with that, with that wow, success point. Uh, would you, uh, would you please consider what it would mean to answer this question with both the light and dark? Ben, Ben Highland was the first person to bring in the light, as in the light version of this answer, in which that, okay, well, they're going to be sacrificing the present moment that would allow them to grow and develop together, which the rest of other guys have been on good alignment with. They've all come in with that. It's just everyone's missing the dark here. Everyone's missing the dark. Maybe maybe you have to have experienced this, either yourself or seen it happen to other people. I'm sure you guys, though, if you've ever known a couple... Most couples go through this. It's not very complicated. In fact, I would think most people... You guys have given me the more complicated answer, but I think that's just because of the line of discussion we've been going down, that you guys have been giving me the more... The light version of this answer is far more complicated than the average person in the street would not get. But the dark version of this answer is exactly what... Uh, what the. If I went out onto the street, most people would say, oh, the main reason why planning a future and mapping out together would be such a bad idea if it was about okay listen most people in the street wouldn't consider that a bad idea so that's a bad analogy but if let's say they did they would answer most likely with the dark version of the answer which is what it does to them in a dark way so uh gee put that coconut oil down put that coconut oil down son <laughs> i know my website says the bowl 2020 all coconut oil applied but not right now <laughs> not right now please dial in for me <laughs> shit this is so what i'm doing right now guys i'm laying easter eggs for g because he's not here live but uh, i'm gonna this is gonna give him some smiles when he's actually listening and watching okay so oh i think we're getting some answers here now i think we're getting some answers here now there's a lot of answers hopefully they're good johnny then comes in saying g could be forcing her and I'll make sure that he was the next person. Yes, Johnny comes in saying, G could be forcing her and himself to be people that they didn't plan to become. Paradoxically, by becoming attached to plans and the pressure of fulfilling those. Yes, Jay, but that is like you opening the box and not letting the gift out. You haven't told me what kind of people they're going to become. You said G could be forcing her and himself to be people that they didn't plan to become. So please explain to me what kind of people those would be. You open the box, let the gift out. Ben comes in saying, hmm, the darker spiral of their love, blah, let me say that again. Hmm, the darker spiral of their love could turn to such neediness to maintain where they began that they fall into such recklessness they can't stand being a part of together. There we go. Well done, Ben. Yes, sir. Here we go. How's that talking about? Okay, so he's fine. We got our first. Yeah, I knew you would get it, Ben. You, you were the first one to come in the light and you pieced us up with the dark. Yes. Sha. Okay, so when you say the darkest spiral of their love could turn to such neediness. Neediness. Thank you. That's why I'm saying that you guys hit the harder thing to get. If when you put such an emphasis on mapping out our future together and planning together, forms of deep-seated attachment start to play out, which then changes each other from 
the non-attached from the wholesome raw organic that we're just here for the sake of each other and for the growth that we have in this moment and we'll play that out as long as this river sees fit for but if at any point on this journey i decide that i need to be in your boat you need to be in my boat in fact fuck the other boat we just need one boat in which that now there is no it's just that our journeys are now inseparably um, you cannot be inseparated now cannot be differentiated between my journey and her journey now now it's just that my journey is dependent on her and her journey is dependent upon me aka i lack now the power to walk and walk on my own i need her to walk i need her to row she needs me to walk she needs me to row lack of autonomy lack of power which then gives birth to the dark toxic seeds of neediness in which that i said before you may well get grand future plans laid out of the yacht sailing around the world and as the investment farm down in Tasmania. But because of all of that, the further you get away, the further you get away from that moment, from the, the light, from the growth that you guys could have had together, this is one thing that I think a lot of my hardcores know. Ben, I think you know this. Ben, do we ever stay static in life? Does anything ever stay the same in life, Ben? Are we either progressing or regressing? Is there ever a middle? I think you know the answer to that, Ben. Gee, if you don't know the answer to that, please study carefully. Just because you think that, oh, well, I take this time to plan out this future, take this time to make this investment, and we're getting the kids here, right? Map and plan, map and plan. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm not giving as much time and love to the development between us two because we're getting all these plans together, right? But surely that could be okay. We can't, can't we just maintain that? No, you can't. And as I think Ben Highland knows, no, you can't. You're either progressing or you're regressing. If you guys aren't, if you guys are allowing, as in the words of Ben, in the allowing that dark spiral to continue, if you're not working on non attachment, you are by default becoming more attached. Just because, just because you're not working on love, peace, and joy, that doesn't mean it just maintains. No, that will slip away day by day into darkness. This is how all relationships ha- come to burn. All relationships come to burn, not in a matter of days, but across a matter of time. You don't just wake up one day and go, shit, shit, I'm a really terrible person And she's a really terrible person. It doesn't just happen one day. Gee. And you go. It'll happen slowly. As you spend more time mapping and planning, futuring and togethering. Okay, devoid from now, growing, supporting, present, here. Allowing the organic dance to flow as it should have, as it had, as you described at the beginning. Slipping away. Slipping away. You lose your grip. You lose your control. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you realize, as Johnny Nguyen said, we aren't the people that we didn't even plan to become. We didn't plan to become these people. So how do we become these people? Day by day, the neediness set in. And then this is the other thing is that, well, that's just describing the journey to get there, the journey for you to becoming so dark. But then what happens when you actually become so dark? It's not just like you wake up, realize your darkness, okay, and maybe you got to that point, okay, shit, we're actually really attached right now, and actually, we're not the people that I wanted us, that we even envisioned becoming, and it's actually really unhealthy, unserving, very toxic right now. Well, you don't just all of a sudden then go, oh, well, 
We better put an end to this now. We better stop this right now. Actually, you know what? Let's divvy up all the assets evenly. Actually, you know what? No bad blood, no hate, no judgment, no anger. All right, we're going to make a nice mutual separation here. It's not going to happen. I've seen that enough times in my own personal life. Like I said, by the way, guys, when I mentioned before that my parents have had a combined uh, seven or eight marriages together, I, I made a mistake. I said my mom's only had two marriages. No, my, mom, my mom's had three. My dad's had four. So it's seven. I've seen what happens when, and I'm sure a lot of you have as well. Gee, this is the point. Just because people realize that they can no longer be together, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's an easy process to separate from each other. Many couples and many relationships realize they needed to be split well before they ever split. Most people put up with a certain level of pain just enough to get by in their daily existence. Time wasted. Time wasted. Time never got back. Time never got back. So if you allow yourself to fall down this darker spiral because you put such an emphasis on mapping out and planning a future together, that, that is something you can look forward to. You can look forward to having to deal with that. And I say look forward to dealing with it, not in a joking way. I mean it. It's great growth, great, great learning for lesson. If you have to one day wake up and realize that I fucked up and now I need to upheave the lives of children because you had kids together and, and uh, cause great disharmony and conflict through, through a divorce, upend your entire life, upend her entire life, set your kids on a completely different path of development, right? And start fresh, essentially. That would be a great lesson for you to learn. I know many adults that have had to learn that lesson that still don't learn that lesson. Continuously, continuously have that lesson to learn. Okay? Now, this is not me shitting on, mess- on marriage. This is me bringing the enlightenment to what happens when unfettered, unfettered and unchecked toxicity goes on. And it all starts with a seed. That's what I'm saying. It all starts with a seed. It's not going to be like you guys just, it just gets dumped on you. You're going to have a seed. And what's that seed? Mapping out, planning a future together. Now you might counteract me by saying, so is it, is it never okay to plan something with her? Can I, can I never plan having a mortgage or a house or um, getting our investment for Adam, I wanted the fucking investment farm. You ever say I can't have an investment farm with her? You can have an investment farm with her. I'll have one with you, actually. Let's do it. <laughs> but, but, but we need to marry our desires for the future. We need to marry our desires for the future with a calm, centered groundedness in what the true nature of reality is. It's fine for you to make investments here, plan things here, the holiday there, the investment farm there. But please understand that that's an egoic reaching out as some of the viewers in this live chat have been learning today. That's reaching out. That's not within you. It's certainly not balanced. And it's okay. That's fine. I'm telling, not telling you not to do that. But if you can't simultaneously say, we're going to have kids together and this is the plan for our kids together whilst also saying that and I'm just fine for us to die today. My death is okay today. Your death is okay today. If, uh, if little Sora was born today and she died due to uh, complications in the womb, 
That's okay. If you can marry both a detachment to your attachment at the same time, which is a fantastic paradox, in which that, yeah, you set up grand visions, you have grand plans, you can map a future together, so to speak, but it's not really, is it? If you can also maintain the understanding that there is no future together. Have a future with her, Jay. Have your future. Talk about your future together. Talk about how you two have been these uh, vagabonds traveling around the world and now you're looking to become leaders and guiding humans on their development. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. Talk about how, okay, when I get back to Germany, you're going to be in Romania or I don't know where the hell she's from, but let's say that. And then we're going to make plans to get an apartment together. And we're going to do our work together. We're going to support ourselves. In fact, let's get, we'll start a business together. And then when, in time, we can talk about kids. And then when the kids come, we talk about the kids. We talk about the investment farm down in Tasmania, right? Talk about all those things. And that's just fine. But underpin them all, underscore them all, deeply, deeply, six feet down, six feet below that topsoil, deep within your earth, understand the true nature of reality. Why are we arguing about these kids? Why are we arguing about this investment land? Hang on a second. Those things aren't right now. They're not happening right now. They might happen in the future, which we both understand is just a paper wall concept. They might, there may be a moment that comes in which we have those kids, have that farm. But that should never supersede our development and growth in this moment. And not for a moment will we allow the toxic seeds to be sown of becoming attached not only to each other, but to our visions of those things. Not reaching out, not reaching in. Balanced. In his true understanding of the nature of life, and it's really nice that Johnny had had overstepped his bounds a little bit in questioning your ability to conceive of death and separation because it's come up here before. I breezed over it like it's something that you should already know. If you're going to plan a future with your blue moon, and I'm going to say, I'm going to take your word out, I'm going to say she is a blue moon. Because let's say, what, even if she's not, I'm sure one day you will meet your blue moon. Or you'll die first, so either or. But let's say that before you die, you will meet a blue moon. In order to map out and plan a future together, you will simultaneously have to be able to maintain a deep footing in your true nature and understanding what life really is and what true life is. The nature of life and the nature of your life, nature of her, you. And then all of your planning and all of your futures together and all this mapping out, it's just fine. It's fine. As long as you can come, as long as you can marry those two ideas together, it's the ultimate paradox. If you understand your own death, if you have come to peace and harmony with your own death, then please map your heart out, future your heart out, future your heart out with her, map your heart out with her. This is something that me and my previous girlfriend used to talk about all the time. You know, we talk about. When we used to talk about having kids together or we talk about um, getting a house together, but I'd always finish the, con- finish the conversation with this. But if someone broke into this house right now and put a gun to my head, I'm ready to go. She'd start crying. She'd start crying. And she'd go, she'd go how can you say that? Why would you say that? And I'm like, because it's true. And then the tears would stop. And then in time, as she learns to work through that idea, I don't force her though. I never force her to evolve to that idea. 
she can kick, scream and cry and run out. Not that she did at the time, but if she did react that way, she can run out of the house if she wanted to. Not that she did. And I wouldn't try and stop her. I wouldn't try and force it down her throat. Uh, shout out to the guy who I made the video on Internal Energy Channel about last week. I'm not going to try and make her evolve any faster than she needs to. But when we literally just get done talking about our future kids, mapping out our future kids together, and I say to her, but just so you know, if a machete-wielding maniac walked in this house right now and slid my throat, that's okay. I'm okay with that. In time, your girl who's listening to this right now with you right now, she better be. I hope she can understand that for both of you. If you can't understand that, don't map a future together. Don't plan your future together. But once you can understand that, please map. Please future. Why? Because it never will, it won't be mapping at that stage. It won't be future. It'll be a universal cosmic joke, as we say. You know, we use these words, we use these labels, but we know they're not the truth. Once you understand the truth, feel free to harness your ego and run in whatever direction you wish. You wish you desire. Okay? Yes. Yes. In fact, you know what I would love, G? Is if once you've had this discussion with her, if you two could have a voice on Instagram, or if you just want to upload it and send it to me at adamabaldoge.com, if you guys could record a conversation together, if you could record the audio file and send it to me of you two discussing the death of each other, I'll be able to give you some very tangible feedback on that. doesn't have to be long. Just keep it in a minute. shouldn't be any longer than a minute. Uh, and I'll, I'll, that will convey to me that you've understood this lesson. And if you don't understand this lesson, if you're like some of the others in this chat earlier on that freaking out, reaching out hard, fighting, fighting with the lesson, fighting to understand, don't fight. Don't fight. Let it sit. Take the mentality of, and I will learn. If it doesn't make sense for you now, it's okay. And I will learn. And then come back to me in six months. Come back to me in a month. And we'll try it again. Okay. Let's do it. So, my friends, that wraps up uh, this particular section of social Q&A. I now have time for open Q&A, which means that any questions, we don't have to go on this topic now. Now it can be any topic of dating, social dynamics, relationships, any particular story, uh, conflict you're battling with right now. Want some feedback? You can dive that into the chat. If you'd like to use the super chat, which helps support the channel, helps support, keeps this show going, uh, you can donate and that's uh, get your question bumped to the top and just helps to support everything that's going on here. Okay, let's do it. And I thank you a lot, G, for dropping that incredibly beautiful message. When you said, when you said, it felt, it felt after giving her the gift of her first full body orgasm, it felt for both of you like you were one and the same soul merging together after a long separation, intimate healing. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. I deal with some very dark context. I deal with some very dark stories. And uh, it's just beautiful. Especially with the video I made on Eternal Energy last week. That was that was very painful. This one though, it's very uplifting. Great balance. So, going back into the chat. And like I said, guys, we're open, we're open, for, we're open house now. Open for Q&A. 
Okay, so she's finished Mars, says Johnny. You already said that ages ago. I just it's the hardest word in the Japanese language to say. Shitsure. Shitsure. When you're learning Japanese, Shitsure. 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 It's so hard to say. It's actually faster to say it. It's easier to say it faster than it is to say slower. Especially when characters in anime say it in such a nonchalant way. They'll walk in the room and they go, And you're like, what the fuck did you just say? They say it so quickly. Okay, so you just like saying it. Uh, and for those wondering what the hell does that mean, it just means excuse me. Please excuse the intrusion type thing. Excuse my rudeness. Uh Shit today is like rudeness. So where are we out here? Where are we out here? Who is the last person in the chat? Okay, I think we're here. Ben Highland, I know, was we came with money. So I know Ben was like the last person to There's just so much chat up in here. Jesus, where are you at, Ben? Excuse me, guys, there's just a lot of chat in here. Okay, here we go, the darkest spiral. Here we go. <clears throat> So, Masuki comes in saying, then a new pop song is born. I have no idea what you're talking about, Masuki. I have no idea what you're talking about. But uh, but for those of you wondering, I did go back after last week and I listened to that WAP. I listened to that WAP. And let me say this. There are some modems in this house. <laughs> Shit. Um... Jody went saying, I agree. Bobby Benedict had come in saying resentment. Resentment can definitely be born as a result. That was in reference to the darkness. Yeah, boom. Good Bobby. Good Bobby, yeah. Darkness, resentment, absolutely. Resent themselves, resent each other. Mm, yes. Jody had come in saying resentment can definitely be born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ski's saying, oh, it makes them turn into different people. People they weren't attracted to in the first place. Question mark. Yep, but more so, as we've already discussed, more so to the point of the dark side, what it does to them darkly, which we've discussed now. T, maybe they start fighting, like which future they want to create. They might have different ideal futures. Yeah, and that's definitely a, can manifest as darkness for sure. Um, okay, we're going to move on. We've already addressed all this now, so we'll put move this move beyond this. Kakashi, oh, so like both journeys still need to be independent of each other. So they, so hold on, so they plan to go to the same place. Still very interested to hear your thoughts about Mel Block. Okay, so the first question of open Q&A is actually about Melbourne Lockdown. Well, that's the first other off-topic question that I've seen in the chat. Ben Highland saying, today I reset... Ben comes in saying, today I reset my intention for my mornings, in brackets, the light, but felt the need to also address my intentions for my death, in brackets, the dark. Because without addressing both, I felt I was missing something. Death equals mid. What does death equal mid mean? He then goes on to say not to give into the darkness, but address it as part of life and know that in the end one can only be. Well, there's a few confusing things you said there, Ben, but just in general, I love that you are Ah, oh, I know why you've um I know why you said that. You said that in reference to when I said most people come in with a light answer, but they don't come in with the dark. And uh, so, but you were the first person to come in with both. So very good. Very good. That's a direct manifestation of your learning. Like you can see your internal introspection has given you an added level skill set that the other people in this chat didn't have. That's that's why like it's so important to do the work inside yourself because then it actually manifests outside you, right? 
That's awesome. That's awesome that you you done that. Yeah, much work needs to be done. Like I spent my first years of self-cultivation in the light and then it's only been in the last three or four years that I've been focusing more on the dark. Because once you understand the light very well, you realize how much of a hole you have in yourself. You, you, have, you realize that's, and that's where all uh, self-development or most self-development begins is in, you know, just switching to positivity, switching to light, switching to love, peace, and joy. But, but then how much time do you spend in meditation on the death of your loved ones? How much time do you spend visualizing it, going through it, feeling the pain, understanding why you're in pain, understanding your attachments? You know, death is uh, something I spend way more time on these days. Just as like light as much as well, but give way more focus to, to death. But it's and that doesn't mean that if you're listening to this now and you haven't done any work on the dark parts of yourself, that doesn't mean that you just give up on working on the light if you're not quite there yet. <laughs> no, no, just start to introduce it. Um balance. Johnny then comes to saying it hurts to hear, but hearing Adam say it makes it so real or brings up personal lessons rather. What are you talking about, Jay? Hmm? What are you talking about? When Jay says it hurts to hear, but hearing Adam say it makes it so real. What hurts, Jay? What hurts? Uh, Ben then goes on to say, oh, no, no, that's what he said. That was a continuation of before. Johnny then comes in saying, at Ben, memento mori. Great input today, man. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know what memento mori means. Johnny comes to saying the true nature of reality is indeed both love and beauty as well as death and suffering. Yes, that's an interesting way of describing it. T says, got to head off now. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for being here, T. Musky then comes to saying, drops a party emoji. Ben saying, thank you, at Johnny. Connor saying, sounds majestic. Ah, good to have you here, Connor. Uh, Musky saying, sumasen. (laughs) Sumasen. Johnny drops, actually, oh, here we go. First super chat from Johnny. Dropping $3. Yes, you learned, Jay. <laughs> Johnny has dropped. Johnny has dropped. A, I was tempted to say a budgie, but it's actually a pear. The only reason why I know it's a pear is because I actually went into the Super Chat animations. That is giving a fist bump, but he's kind of rocking out while this pear is fist bumping me. All right, I'll, I'll take your pear fist bump. But very much grateful for your $3 Super Chat. Uh, Johnny then goes on to saying, just for listening, he dropped the super chat just for to say thank you to me for listening to the WAP. Hey, listen, man, there's some modems in this house. <laughs> you should have heard, Jay, you should have heard me. Uh, you should have heard me when I listened. I was on the way to a deep tissue massage and it just reminded, I reminded, oh shit, I need to listen to that WAP song. So I, I hit it up, I put WAP on, and just the moment the intro comes on, where he's like, there's some holes in this house, there's some holes in this house. All I could hear was, there's some modems in this house, there's some modems in this house. And that, I was just running down the highway, driving down the highway, just screaming that out the window. And every lyric within that song can be applied to the wireless access point. <laughs> Fuck with that wireless access point. <laughs> Everything can be changed. Fuck with that wireless access point. <laughs> you put this big ass cable in this Ethernet port. <laughs> it all changes. All of it can change. I love it. So thank you very much, Joe. There are definitely some modems in this house. There are definitely some interference fucking with this wireless access point. 
modems in this house. <laughs> uh, okay, so here we go. Let's move on. Um, Johnny, if you had a question as well, as always, Super Chats, for those who don't realize, Super Chats, get questions bumped to the top. Oh, hang on a second. Oh, boy. Uh, if you have a Super Chat question, if you have a question with Super Chat, it always gets bumped to the top. So just let me know, Johnny, uh, if and when. Otherwise, he's uh, just thanking me for the WAP, the wireless access point. The electrocommunicative stimulation between a woman and a man in which that apparently Johnny believes she would be drenched in because there are some modems in this house. Uh, Johnny then comes to saying the lessons of my own breakup. Oh, referring to the pain. It hurts so much when he said, it hurts so much when Adam says the lessons of my own breakup and the darkness that I personally had to sit with were what I was referring to as the hurt pain, by the way. Okay. Okay, good. Thanks for that clarity. It just when Johnny had said it hurts to hear, but hearing Adam say it makes it so real. Yeah, definitely. It should hurt. But hurt with a smile. Sting with a smile, Jay. Sting with a smile. Okay, so other if Jay, if you don't have a question that you wanted to dive off with, the only other open QA question that's been dropped is skis on thoughts on the Melbourne lockdown. So so we're gonna go into that, but Jay, I'll be I'll be looking out uh, if you if you want to dive in with anything. So for those that aren't aware, yesterday, Father's Day here in Australia, shout out to all the fathers in Australia. I know it's different in other countries. Like Father's Day is on a different day. Really fucks with me because a lot of you guys are from the US and it really fucks with me when you guys put Happy Father's Day, but it's not actually Father's Day. Not here anyway. And and so I've been saying this since the beginning of this extension on the Melbourne lockdown that I think it was the wrong move. And uh, and I already saw the where, where it was going. I knew that it was just a very slippery slope and it has appeared. Melbourne has now, Victoria, the state of Victoria, has now entered a state of lockdown far more severe than any other city in the entire world. Now, to give you guys some stats, because I was watching uh, a really good breakdown on Sky News from it. The state of Victoria currently has approximately 600 deaths from COVID. The entire state throughout the entire time. Right? There's approximately 80 to 100 cases a day at the moment, somewhere between there. And they've entered a stage of lockdown that will, once it's complete, have Melbourne in lockdown for over 112 days. It's 112 days, something like that. Now, to give you guys comparison, in the European cities that have multiple-digit thousands of deaths and untold cases, I can't remember the stats on the cases, but we're talking hundreds and thousands of cases, but specifically, uh, it's talking about Italy. The first example was Italy. I think Italy has... I can't remember how many deaths they reported, but it was in thousands and thousands of deaths, right? They only had a lockdown of 53 days. Melbourne, 600 deaths, lockdown for 112 days plus. Uh, UK, 40,000 40, deaths total, I believe. I believe that was the number. 40,000 deaths total had a lockdown of, I think it was just under 100 days. Melbourne, 600 deaths, Strictest lockdown of anywhere in the world. Uh, France, no lockdown. They explicitly stated, the French, uh, whoever your leader is, stated that we would not do a lockdown because that's like trying to put a cup on an overflowing uh, uh, lid on an overflowing cup. So we're not going to do a lockdown. There's no, no lockdown. And there's many, and the examples just go on of countries that have had way more deaths, like by magnitude of thousands more, and have had 
untold reported cases more. Thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands more cases than Melbourne, yet have had incredibly, incredibly by, by comparison, eased restrictions, shorter lockdowns, yet the Premier of Victoria, Daniel Andrews, aka hashtag Dictator Dan, has decided, no, we're going to extend, he decided on yesterday, on Sunday, we're going to extend the lockdown state, stage four, and with easing of restrictions, maybe based on unrealistic expectations, um, which I'll get to in a second, which actually health health experts are now agreeing on. To give you guys an example of this, actual health experts, doctors, physicians, all got together and wrote a letter of address saying that they disagree with this. Sent it to him, and so he's essentially saying Melbourne's going to be in full lockdown essentially to the end of October, and they'll only come out of it predicating on zero cases per day. Zero. And, and so now... It's effectively, it was supposed to be called a roadmap out of lockdown. It's now been targeted as a roadmap to nowhere. Like, cause you might think like, it doesn't make sense. Like his thinking is so irrational, so illogical. It makes no sense to the point where health experts, epidemiologists, physicians from around the world this morning put their input in saying that this makes no sense. It's not actually physically possible. It's not physically possible for you to get within the time span you've given to zero cases. The eradication is not possible, right? Like this, is, it's a full agreement. There's no, there's really not much debate about. It. There were pro, there were protests on the weekend that tried to get suppressed, um, which is very interesting in Melbourne. But it was really good to see people in Queensland in their thousands protest the Victorian lockdown. But it's literally become a a um, a police state, a a dictatorship. Melbourne is now currently a dictatorship in which that uh, there was a pregnant woman. This footage has gone viral around the world. It's like 7 million views or something like that of a woman in Ballarat, which is regional Victoria kind of country, who is pregnant, who posted on Facebook about a protest, anti-lockdown protest, just posted, right? Just posted about it, advertising that it was happening. The police showed up to her house and arrested her and they live streamed it on Facebook. And she's just, she's not like some lunatic. She's not like some conspiracy lunatic. She was just fighting for human rights. Like, that's what she was saying. But now, but she's like, fear-mongering, she's like, I'm too scared now. It's like, I'm too scared to, to go to her or to post about it. So people now are getting arrested for posting about their opinions on Facebook. This is what's happening in Melbourne right now. And that now, and with, you combine that with the lockdown state, and I don't think there's any, there's not one person in Victoria other than, I doubt even the cabinet of Daniel Andrews agrees with what he's doing. I believe that this is someone who's so deep, he's made so many mistakes because he essentially, the, the second wave the second wave of COVID in Melbourne happened as a result of his mistakes in which that there was ineffective hotel quarantine and all of his, this, he completely botched the hotel quarantine and so all of his cases got leaked out and so it's, since then, it's just been a way, a mistake of him trying to def, defer away from that initial mistake. But as you can see, it's now a cognitive dissonance issue in which that he, he's trying to make up for the previous mistake by making, and it's almost, that's only going to be a new mistake now. And so he keeps just getting deeper and deeper and deeper to the point now where actual like, world leading health experts are saying, what you've done here is not, it's not possible. It's not possible for you to, for, for you to do this. And it's now actually a human rights issue. Now what he's doing is like, if I, if I lived in Melbourne, 
uh, which I actually should be right now. I was actually about to move before the COVID situation. I was just about to move over, move back. I would be at the protests. And you guys think about these protests. I saw the footage of from the weekend of the Freedom Day protests in Melbourne. It's not just like anarchy, young kids running around. There were like respectable businessmen there, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, gentle-hearted old ladies there saying that I'm fighting for my kid's future because this is not right. And uh, and it's not right. It's not right at all. It's it's a complete abomination of human rights. And that, but But it's just amazing that when I saw the news this morning that People from around the world, actual leading health experts around the world say it's not what the roadmap is laid out, zero cases, uh, then we'll let everyone be free. It's an actual dictatorship now. And it's just incredible that it happened in my own country. You know, Australia is known for being extremely liberal. We're known for being extremely tolerant of other cultures, uh, being extremely multicultural and having, you know, Australia essentially doesn't have its own lineage of culture. We're a convict land. We, are, we were made up of convicts from other countries. But, and so we've typically allowed pretty much everyone in. You know, there's obviously, there's cases that go against that. But we're very lenient. We're extremely lenient, right? Into, uh, like you go walk down the street, you see an Asian person, a Muslim person, you see, uh, you know, white person, you see old Maori, you see everyone walking down in Australia. Right, African, black, everyone kind of lives in Australia. It's very hard to think of what an Australian person looks like because we're kind of everyone down here. Look at me. I'm mixed race. My dad immigrated here. Uh, so it's just very amazing. This is what you would expect from America. Like this type of behavior is what you'd expect from America. From, from some, like, or if not from America, that no, definitely from America, but certain states of America. But it's what I would expect from a uh, a tyrannical Middle Eastern country from a tyrannical dictator running through Africa. But it's in Melbourne. It's in Melbourne. And you see, they've got the army is patrolling the streets. It just doesn't make sense. Like, it's like, is this really what's happening here? For everyone else, from all the other states looking in within Australia, looking into Melbourne, uh, don't worry, guys. We all, like, that's why other states have been protesting for you. Because their locked their their police presence is so outrageous, and it's like <clears throat> it's very interesting how you look at there. If this happened in America, there would be riots. So you guys, the the riots that happened when Black Lives Black Lives Matter first started in was it Oregon or was it Minnesota? Oregon, where they were like just burning down buildings. Every building's on fire, right? I know that's it's still currently going on, but when it first began, right. If imagine for my US viewers listening right now, if your government said, because we have a total, grand total of 600 deaths, primarily from aged care, from old people, old people, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and above, most of the deaths come from that. And that, and that for the most part, it's everyone else recovers from it. That we're going to keep you in lockdown for 112 days, in which that we shut down all business. You can't even leave your house unless it's for an hour for exercise and to go get food. Right? If this happened in America, everyone would have their guns out. And that this is the one time I've always been anti, uh, not anti, but I've always been very reluctant to allow people to have the right to bear arms, right? Especially what you see, what goes on in America. And I know the issue is a lot deeper than just 
Uh, the fact that people have access to it, I know mental health is a big thing as well. But, but definitely, Australia's uh, we've done we've been a we've been a bit of a a bit of a goose, a bit of a diamond for when we obliterate obliterated the ability to have arms and remove that right. And uh, typically, it's worked out pretty well down here. However, this is the one case. This is the one time that all the Americans fight for. All the Americans will always say this. But what about when the government becomes tyrannical? What about when the police becomes a police state and a military state in which that the average person cannot stand up for his rights? And if you look at the situation in Melbourne, it is a prime example for why we should have the right to bear arms in Australia. Like, I bet everyone in, in Melbourne who's anti-lockdown, it should be 95%. There's probably 5% that agree with Dan Andrews. But I'm sure a lot of you guys are, would love to be able to stand up for your rights now. I'm sure that's what the Americans are saying. I'm sure that's what the Americans are saying. He's like, I bet you guys wish you had the ability to have arms right now. And it's like, you know, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that because a pregnant woman got arrested in her home for posting about a about a protest, protest, protesting what the government is saying. If the people lose the ability to protest, that's no longer a democracy. That's now a dictatorship. And so how are you gonna how would you rebel against that? How would the average person rebel against that? Well, you can't because they won't even let you protest. You see what the problem is here? So, you know, this is a Melbourne uh, or Dan Andrews, you've done a great job for giving the Americans even more fire for the right to bear arms. Like that's just one side thing that's come up here. But if, it was, if this was happening in Adelaide, I mean, I would be protesting. I would be out there doing everything they can because it's just a complete, a, a complete disregard for human rights. And I just don't think society should be run that way. So, Ski, I hope that addressed your question. I hope that addressed your question or gave you some uh, ideas about that. It's outrageous. Okay, so let me go back up in the chat. <clears throat> Joe Elvin coming up in here saying, hey, just entered this stream. I'm looking forward to listing the main content in post. Joe, you missed some shit. We're on open Q&A right now. We're on a completely different line right now, but you missed some shit. You enjoy it later. By the way, Joe, have you applied for the World Facebook group? I'm not sure if you applied for it, which by the way, guys, if you just hear up in the chat, the new private Facebook group has been launched and the first intake of members will be this Friday. I'll be emailing successful applicants uh, throughout this week. Some people might receive an email today, most likely a majority of you tomorrow. And that will give you instructions on what happens from here. But also... If you don't hear from me within 7 to 14 days, you definitely wouldn't have been accepted into the first intake. But there are a couple people I will need to email back for further clarity on why you want to join the group. Some of you are a bit aloof about it. Um, but there are a lot of you that were very specific, and I thank you for that. And so you, there will be some success, uh, some, some members being added this Friday, first intake. So if you guys want to know more about that, there's a whole video on the channel that I made last Friday explaining what the group's about, how to get into it. Just go back on the YouTube channel and you get it there. Bulldozer.com as well. Uh, Joe, Joe then come in saying, I always believe that a man should wait for the woman to ask, what are we, in quotes. So it would be interested to see if Adam has a different point of view. I always believe that a man should ask for the woman, uh, wait for the woman to ask, what are we? Joe, it depends on where you are on the journey. And I won't say any more than that because we just spent a whole podcast on it. Skip then comes in saying, it's always interesting to hear your opinions on world situations. Thank you, Skip. Johnny's saying, if I had any questions or statements, I was thinking about the World Bowl Group. 
And what do you think about members going on to create local subgroups? Like how a student opens up his own dojo. Also, memento mori means, in quotes, remember that you will die. Oh, that's a good one. Memento mori. In Latin. In Latin, he said that. Uh, he then goes on to say, I'm also saying this with full acceptance that I may not even make the main group, nor ever be at the point to teach anyone else other than by example. I just know that 16-year-old me would have relished developing alongside a band of brothers. I will be eternally grateful for what you've done for me as a mentor on my own journey and definitely would consider you as sensei, brother, and kindred soul if we ever met. Well, thank you, Johnny. I love that. I thank you very much for that. So, I thank you uh, for recognizing that and for giving me for giving me your time and for being open to the lessons and even when the lessons have not appeared, being willing to learn. So, to your actual question, what do I think about members going on to create local subgroups? So, it would depend on whether you mean subgroups of their own, like not bowl related. So that makes the answer very easy then, which is that, you know, a student going on to create a local subgroup that was a shoot off of the bowl, but still part of the bowl, uh, you know, part of his own bowl dojo, most likely not because the bowl dojo is the, is the dojo, right? But if you wanted to, but I'm very, I'm very aware that a lot of the guys who are going to be entering the world bowl are going to one day become leaders themselves if not necessarily ready right now. But remember, the purpose of the World Bowl is to create life connections and to help people on their life journey. It would not surprise me if a lot of you reach the stage in which that you wish to create your own uh, groups for your own to because you have your own certain communication message that you want to get out and certain type of environment you would wish to foster. So this, this is what I say, Jay, because I've been asked this question about my own intellectual property in general. You know, when I say that, DCA, Direct and Grew Authentic, uh, Bobby B dropped one of them before, moves X, Y, and Z before A, B, and C. The journey will always be your journey. You can only live be where you are right now, right now. These sayings that have, that are just sayings for deeper philosophical understandings that have come through uh, the bowl and come through myself. Uh, when people say to me, like, Oh, uh, say, can I? Am I am I allowed to make a post about that? I get that every now and again. But can I make a post about DCA, or or even just dating tactics? Some guys say, Adam, I heard you mention this thing about uh, like this this mindset of you're not. Here's one. Here's a perfect one. The only time you shouldn't be talking to someone is when you're on the way to talking to someone else. It's my key course concept when you come to the concept of raising your emotional state reaching altitude at night, skydiving at night, my three-step process of going out at night that I teach clients, reaching to altitude, that saying, the only time you shouldn't be talking to someone is when you're on the way to talking to someone else. Uh, I've had some guys before ask me, it's like, Adam, I absolutely love that and it really helped me. Is it okay if I make a post about that? Because I'm in this like uh, personal development group that's you know not related to the bowl. And you're like, can I help guys with that? And I say, listen, man, like, if you respect me enough to... If you respect the concept enough to let people know where it came from, then that just speaks to who you are. I'm not attached to anything that I come up with. I always let you guys know, and I always credit something that isn't mine. You guys will hear me say all the time, if I, if I come up with a quote, or if I, if I say a quote, I will never 
say that that or lead you guys to believe that it's mine if it's not. Like the story of Chung Zhu. It would have been real cool if I had said to you guys, hey, listen, did you wake up from having a dream of being a butterfly? Or did you wake up from being a butterfly having a dream of being you? And that would have been really cool if that was mine, but it's not. So I tell you that it's from Chong Zhu, right? Because I respect Chong Zhu enough to show him the respect, to tell him that that was from him. So this is what I say, Jay, is that to this question of creating subgroups or using uh, phrases, concepts, philosophical, tactical dating tips, et cetera, that have come straight from the bowl, is that I would hope you would have the respect to let people know where it came from in case they wanted to find out more. That's all it is, right? So if if you wanted to create your own subgroup and uh, but wanted to use stuff that we talk about or teach in the bowl, I just it's it's really just a I'd never I'm never going to be the person to say you must do this or you must not do that. I'm never going to put a copyright on the journey will always be your journey. I just I just trust that my followers have the respect uh, as I have the respect for my mentors. Like for example, when Whenever I talk about um, Paul Lissio, the wise man on the mountain, you know, my, my first spiritual mentor, when I talk about him and when, when he talks about certain different concepts and I mention those, I always say, yeah, it's something that Paul taught me. You hear me say that a lot. It's something that Paul taught me, something that Christy taught me, something that this person taught me. And it's more just out of respect, uh, not because I think they want me to say that, but because I know it's not that at all. Paul wouldn't, wouldn't care if... Well, what's my one thing that I always go on with Paul? Like, for example, change your thoughts, change your life. I always mention my first spiritual. I never say that I was introduced by change your thoughts, change your life by Wayne Dyer on my own. I always say that it was my first spiritual mentor, Paul, who introduced me to it. And it's written there on, Bol, on the Bold Ojo as well. I think it's just that lineage of wisdom is something that I hold with great value and that people should know. People should know that whatever concept came from Lao Tzu 2,000 years ago should remain today. It should remain today just because it's an honoring of when that wisdom was incepted. That's all. Not because I think Lao Tzu is up, is in another parallel universe thinking, fuck, Adam didn't cred. Or that my mentor Paul said, fuck, Adam didn't cred. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's more from the other perspective of that. I have that value. So I would hope others will, I guess. Not that it would anger me, though. Not that it would anger me. I mean, it would be disappointing if one of you created a subgroup and we're just essentially regurgitating all the stuff that I teach without saying where it comes from. It'd be disappointing if you did that and would show that you learned nothing. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and do anything about it. You know, That's your lesson to learn. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, hope that I gave you some uh, insight. Because Johnny then come on, going on to say that, saying there's full acceptance, he might not even make the main group, not be able to teach anyone else. And that's the other thing, Johnny. You also have to be able to respect yourself to know that you are a qualified teacher, that you are qualified to teach what you teach. When I first began teaching social dynamics, I wasn't teaching the level of what I'm teaching right now. I was only teaching the level of what I was able to teach back then. On my first boot camp of coaching a client, I wasn't teaching him uh, deep concepts of understanding himself in true nature. I wasn't ready to teach that at that time. I also wasn't teaching him instant dates at that time. Uh, we were, it was very rudimentary. But what I was teaching, I was fucking good at teaching. Like I knew what I was teaching. 
but I never try and step beyond uh, what I am definitely qualified and able to. You know what I'm saying? So, so and the and you might then Johnny might then think, how do I know that I'm qualified to teach what I want to teach? Do you dream it? Do you sleep it? Could you do it blindfolded? Can you convey it to someone else in a way in which that no matter which way they interpret it, you're always able to come up with the counter, which means that you understand the concept so well, so well that no matter anyone's question to it, you can always understand why they're asking that question, which will then allow you to underpin it and get to the, the truth of it. It's like with jo- Johnny, the great example in this chat is with Ski. When Ski is having such trouble of understanding a certain concept, the, the way that I would know that I wasn't ready to teach that concept is if I tried to teach him that concept because that's not his issue. His issue isn't that he doesn't understand a regular moon from a blue moon. His issue is that he's reaching out and fighting the fact that he doesn't understand. So as a coach, I bring the understanding and awareness to that. So that's how I know I'm ready to teach that concept. But I wasn't teaching that years ago, two, three years ago, right? That's development. That's, that's happened over time. So you'll know you're ready to teach uh, something when you dream it, when you sleep it, when basically you see beyond it that, so that if anyone was to ask me, you know, for, uh, just let's take a concept such as qualification. I don't understand qualification, you know. How do you know you're qualified to teach qualification when you can help them to understand why they don't understand qualification? And if, if it ever gets to the point where it's so deep that, for example, some guys just don't understand their attachment, Jay. Some guys, for the life of them, cannot understand why it is unhealthy to prize a woman. I'm being serious. I've had clients. There is clients I've literally flown across the world to work with, literally, and it just reminds me of this year, I didn't do any international travel because of COVID. But last year, years before that, I have flown across the world to work with guys that literally could not understand, which I know for you, you understand, that it's not healthy to prize a woman as the number one. And so I had to fly across the world to work with that guy intensively. Right? If you're confident enough to do that, I think you're ready to teach it. I think you're ready to understand it. So... Hope that drops you some nuggets. Johnny had dropped a super chat, so I wanted to die deeper for him. And I uh, now really uh, I appreciate your sentiment of being eternally grateful as uh, recognizing me as a mentor. So thank you. Uh, who's next? Who's next? Who's next up in this open Q and A? Ski then comes in saying, "Crazy here in Melbourne." I've been housebound since 1st of July. Can't leave until October 26th. Listen, Scare, I think there's going to be a huge revolt. I think, I think even average people, I think even the common person saw what happened yesterday and doesn't think it's acceptable. So I think there will be huge revolt. And if not revolt from the people, because Australian people are not a revolting society. We're, we're not like Americans. We don't, at the, at the, at the absolute inception of your rights being breached, the Americans will get their guns out and they will start marching. That's not Australian culture. Australian culture is very bloke culture. Good bloke. Just be a good bloke. That's why we don't really need guns down here because Australian culture is 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 far less agitated than US culture. We're far more understanding of each other. So that's why it's so crazy what's going on here and why we don't really feel that we need to have automatic weapons to protect our civil liberties. 
but but I think even at this stage, even if that's why you haven't seen like the protests in Melbourne, there was only 300 people that came out of Melbourne, but there were thousands in other states. Like we can see it. And because it's mostly that Melbourne's Victorians were just afraid that they were going to get arrested. They just didn't want to get arrested, which is understandable because they don't have a gun in their car. They don't, they can't protect themselves from getting arrested for something that they shouldn't be getting arrested for. It makes sense. I totally get it. So that's why the, if the, if the revolt doesn't come from the public, the professional revolt is already happening. Like when I saw world leaders and world health, health experts come in this morning and just dismiss what Dan Andrews is doing, the pressure will become too much at some stage. You, I've, I cannot foresee Melbourne following the plan that he laid out. Right? It's, it's literally dictatorship at that point. So I, I don't think you'll be, I don't think you'll be, it'll be full lockdown to the end of the year. I think he's going to have to make a change or his, his actual cabinet might revolt on him and they just install a new leader and just kick him out. <clears throat> now, for those getting confused, the premier is not the prime minister. The prime minister is Scott Morrison, who, in quotes, runs the country. The reason why, well, why can't he step in? Why can't he step in? For my US guys, why can't Donald Trump step in if bloody Giuliani or whoever the New York governor is, if the New, if the New York governor is fucking up, or uh, why can't Donald Trump step in, in our analogy? Why can't the Premier, uh, Prime Minister step in? It's because the states and the federal government are separate. And they, it's, it's part of what our constitution is formulated on, which each state maintains their power to govern their individual state. There are very few federal powers that uh, can inflict upon the states, especially when it comes to travel, which is why the travel is so different. How states don't have to abide by federal law down here. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, let's keep moving on. Johnny Nguyen then coming in saying, no, no, Kakashi then coming in saying the conservatives would be inflamed, lol. Dude, if you, got, if you Americans lived here, the guns would have been out a long time ago. There would have been deaths here already just through uh, clashes with the, um, the police, you know? Um, we have truly peaceful, peaceful protests out here. Our protests are actually peaceful. The amount of violence that happens at an Australian protest is that a punch gets thrown. That's about it. For you guys, that's walking down the street in America. <laughs> that's walking down the street. That's going to a animal rights contest, uh, uh, protest in uh, New York. You know, that's normal, just punches being thrown. <laughs> it's true, though. That's why it's funny. Um, he goes on to say, like, if it's a hard, hard lockdown, holy crap. Yeah, uh, Kakashi, nowhere in the world has seen a lockdown as hard as Melbourne's experiencing right now. Fat. Johnny then coming in saying, at Kakashi, are you stateside? He goes, yep, in America. Johnny says, New York City for me and you? Kakashi says, Hawaii. Uh, Johnny says, well, I consider... Johnny says, well, I consider my city one of the safest in the country and with how careful the citizens have been. And if you ever decide to come out, I guarantee you have a place to stay for free. Good lad. Kakashi, have you applied for the World Bowl? Because if you have, I haven't seen your email. But also, by the way, guys... Uh, as I said in that video, I don't want many people in it. I don't. If you're not ready for it, I noticed. I noticed that there were a few people in this live Q and A that I know have either watched the World Bowl announcement Facebook group video or received the bowl sip, in which I made, which was last week's email, which I detailed the entire process of the World Bowl. I know there are people who are regulars in this social Q and A that have not applied, that saw that email and saw that video. And that to me is brilliant. And I respect you guys so much for that. And I thank you so much for that, for not wasting our time. 
Because just because you're in the live Q&As, just because uh, you like and you comment on the regular videos and you've been following me for years and years and years, that doesn't necessarily mean that you fit the criteria for the World Bowl. It's a very specific code. If you guys read the code and the purpose of it and you watched the video and you got the energy from it and most importantly saw the face of my uh, brother who's no longer alive anymore and you saw the footage of 18, 17-year-old Adam in the initial private bowl vlogs. And so you can actually see what this shit's really about and the, the weight behind it. And if you decided that actually, actually I need, I need to do more work before I'm ready to join this world bowl, you know, it's like, then I, I really respect you for not wasting my time and having to put the pressure on me to explain to you why you're not ready or not a good fit for the bowl. Cause there was a couple of emails I received, a couple of applications that they're just not ready. Let me give you an example of one. One guy, uh, applied just saying that his reason and intent for applying was that I just want to be in the group of interesting guys. You know, I'm training for this particular activity and I want to share some motivational clips around it. It's probably not the right fit. It's probably not the right fit. Like there are other groups for that. There are other groups around specific around your sport and for just sharing interest of other people. That's not, that's not the world bowl. There are other guys that then emailed in talking about their life development, what they want to learn from other people, learn about themselves, where they wish to go, what the bowl was meant to them. Those emails are a little bit closer to the code, you know? I haven't emailed anyone back yet letting them know whether they've been successful or not. If I get time today, uh, I will, but I've got a lot of shit to do today. Otherwise, uh, successful, the first notifications of those emails will probably be coming out either tomorrow Tomorrow or throughout the week, and then the first intake when you actually get added will be Friday when you get accepted in. Okay. And remember, and just to finish this point, uh, it really put a bit of a smile on my face when I received more than five applicants that I knew are good to go. Because remember, the original private bowl, the standard that was set for that was just me and four other guys. There was actually two guys that were in it. Three, no, no. So there was there was the four original members, founders, but then there were three add-ons past that point who then got removed uh, because they were deemed not fit. So in grand total, in the original Bowl Facebook group, only ever a maximum of seven people at one time. But on the applications that I came in when the video dropped on Friday, at least five of them I know are good to go. And that, that was really good because, yeah, this group shouldn't be any bigger than 20 to 30 unless... It would be amazing if it gets bigger than 20 to 30 and all of them meet the standard and fit the code. That would be incredible. Okay. Let's, let's move on past this point. Kakashi says, Johnny, thank you so much. I've been di- dying to visit New York again someday. Adam, random question. But do you enjoy milk, tea, with warm tapioca pearls? In quotes, boba. Uh, <laughs> oh, boba. Shout out to the Fong Bros. <laughs> they love that boba. Uh, yeah, well, listen, the question you've asked is a very interesting question, Kakashi. Listen, do I enjoy bobas? I've, I've been through a journey with bobas. I fucking hated them to begin with because the first introduction to boba was, of course, from Roy because he loves teeds and teeds love boba, right? He would come to me in high school, Adam, have you seen this fucking, we don't call it boba down here in, um, in Australia, we call it bubble tea. 
And so he goes, I remember you tried this fucking bubble tea. It's amazing. He's like, I was having this day with this tea and she showed me this bubble tea in Chinatown. And I tried it. He got me to try one. And it was like just like the, the basic milk tea with tapioca balls. Just a basic milk tea. And I'm like, this is disgusting. And I hated it. I was like, and I remember saying to him specifically, and he never lets me forget. He always goes, he always says, Adam, I'll never forget the day you told me that bubble tea was worse than having sexual intercourse with a rabbit. <laughs> That's exactly what I said to him. I'm like, I'm like, he got me to try his bu- his his bubble tea, his milk bubble tea. I was like, this is this is worse than having sexual intercourse with a rabbit. And he's like, what are you talking about? Because he loves bubble tea. And I'm like, I would rather have sexual intercourse with a rabbit than drink this. <laughs> Such a visual. And uh, however, that was the beginning of the journey, Mr. Kakashi. But then I consequently went out on a lot of dates with a lot of teeds, and they forced me to try their bubble teas. And one of them showed me the money, which is, it's been so long though, because I just haven't had one in so long. It was the mango. If you can find a mango ice crushed bubble tea, but it's, it's like half ice, half milk, but it's got mango flavor and they make it a little bit viscous. That's, and with tapioca balls, that, that was my go-to for years uh, when, when I was going, going out of teats. That was before you had paleo, Adam. That's before you had whole foods, Adam. That's before you had non-processed sugar, Adam. Now that you have that, Adam, I haven't had a bubble tea in years. <laughs> so to your question, do I enjoy it? Listen, the best bubble tea I've ever had was in was in Nagasaki in Japan. We had just come back from visiting the battleship island, that uh, the island where they had workers, aka prisoners, in World War II, and it was in this little tiny, uh, just where before you catch the cruise ship back to the mainland, and or, or maybe it was on the mainland, but we're waiting to get our train back up to Tokyo, and we were in Nagasaki, and there was this little food court. And they had a mango bubble tea there. Holy shit! It was the best in the world I have ever had. And uh, I haven't been to Taiwan, the you know the homeland, but but that was the best one I ever had in Nagasaki, little food court there. Um, but I haven't had a, I haven't had a bubble tea since then. I don't think. Which and that was a long, long time ago, man. <laughs> so do I enjoy it? Yeah. Have I had it in a long time? No. And when, how was a long time? Probably getting close to a decade. A very long time. Okay, and Johnny then saying fruit teas. You call it fruit teas in New York, do you? Okay, we call it bubble tea down here. And uh, I know the Californians call it boba. Uh, Kakashi says, I need to branch out and try fruit teas. Johnny then comes in saying, Hadake, feel free to add me on Instagram at justjohnny94. Edo Schemo comes in saying, great session today. I've got some real reflecting and thinking to do. Guess I just have to accept the fact that there are some things I can't rush. Good, Ski. Good. Ski, have you ever attempted to grow a tree? You see a little uh, Suki-chan here. My little bonsai tree. She's been growing since November last year, almost this time last year, when I bought her on Swanston Street. I just finished coaching boot camp. It was a hot day. And it was the it was actually the last boot camp I ever coached. Was it? It was either the last boot camp I ever coached or maybe it was the one just before that, uh, before the whole end of day game question mark. And I was walking up, there's that shady Asian lady selling bonsai trees. I've always wanted to get one. 
And so since then, I just want to give you on the camera here, her this branch here, for those in the podcast, you know what I'm talking about. For this branch right here was on the ground. So that's how much she's grown in a whole year. She's grown approximately two to three inches in a whole year. I water every day. I take care of her, transition her between inside and outside every day, right? Take great care and concern for this bonsai tree. That's how much growth she's had in one year. It's like, I'm going to need to pass this on to future generations. Right, this, this bonsai tree started with me, but I'm going to need a, a, someone else when I, it's, it's, she will outlive me. She will outlive me and will need care and concern from future generations, right? But what having this bonsai tree has taught me the most is that you can't force evolution. I care for her every day. I grow her every day. I do everything I can every day to help her grow. But in a whole year, she only is growing probably about three inches. Right? And that's really fast growth for a bonsai tree, by the way. These things take hundreds of years to reach max potential. It's very much like our own development. I can't force her to grow. And as the great master Ugwe once said, you can't force a peach tree to become a peach tree. The peach tree will always be a peach tree. And I can't force it to bloom when I like. I can't force it to drop fruit when I like. And I know this might seem like a bit of an abstract thing for you, but if you were to go onto YouTube and type in to YouTube, uh, Master Ugwe dies. And you watch the scene between him and Master Shifu. You're currently in Master Shifu state, in which that. But Master Shifu goes, but I can control where I plant the seed. Destroy, you know, goes, what? Chucks it up in the air, slices the seed, wow, plants it in the ground. I say, I can control this. I can control that. But then Master Ugo goes, yes, but you cannot make it bloom when you like. You cannot make it drop fruit when you like. It has its own accordance. It has its own time. It's own timeline. Same thing as your development. And that would actually be a great, great visualization to help you at the end of this session. Just go watch that scene. When Master Ugwe dies and leaves Master Shifu, that one scene there is actually a perfect uh, representation of what's been going on here. Okay. Uh, wrapping up, Johnny then comes on to say, would love to chop it up with you some more. Johnny, you starting to sound like me. Chop it up some more. <laughs> uh, Ski comes in saying, I'm not ready for this moon conversation anyways. It actually, it actually, in fact, I think that's something I shouldn't even be thinking about considering where I'm on the journey, on my journey. Very good, Ski. Very good. You'll know when it's time. Trust me. Johnny Nguyen then comes in saying, the secret to mango crushed ice is condensed milk. Well, I haven't had milk in a decade for sure. Uh, Johnny then goes on saying, and now you know, haha. Ski comes in saying, I've always wanted a bonsai tree. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda, I love that movie. I watched the whole movie. Dude. I've watched the I've watched the Kung Fu Panda. The num, number um, number three is not so good, but the first two are particularly number one is absolutely incredible. Just for the Zen philosophy. Forget about becoming the Dragon Warrior, but the Zen philosophy it is amazing. Peach tree will always be a peach tree. Okay, aka your true nature will always be a true nature. And so this, my friends, is where we wrap up the session. I feel this is a good time to organically wrap. And let's just bring things to a summary here because we have dived into a lot of different things, gone a lot of different ways right here. We need to bring it back to G right here. Uh, him and his girlfriend probably tapped out when we entered open Q&A, but I hope that they were listening keenly. I, should, I said him and his girl, right? I didn't say girlfriend. Hopefully not. I think I said him and his girl. 
So Himmler's goal should have been watching this quite in-depthly. To your question, G, around... He had some questions about how often should I hit her up? How often should I text her? That's for another... Listen, you can hit me up on Instagram for that. I can knock that out of the park in one second. But to the main, most important question, most important thing you broke, you brought up here, mapping the future. Even the concept of a future together. There's a lot of holes, a lot of red flags in that potentially. Potentially. But for all of our introspection and for all of our discussion around what could happen to you and her, your relationship, if you get too deep in the attachment of you and her, and you and her having the investment farm, the children, the marriage, or open and free relationship, why do you even want to get into an open relationship? There's so many questions for you. There's so many questions for you to answer around and for you to look her in the damn eyes and to say to her, how would you feel if I died tomorrow? And for her to be able to reiterate that back to you and go, how would you feel if I died tomorrow? What if we had a child together and that child passed away or one of us passed away uh, before that, per- that child came to fruition and needed our support depending on? What would happen if, we, if I met some? What would happen if you met a different woman? We didn't even address that in that session, but it, went for, it was, goes without saying because we addressed what would happen if she met another man. These questions you need to ask yourself and, and when you get through those questions and then you can harmonize, it's okay to map out a future together if I know what the future actually means, if I know what it means to be with her now. And that will come hand in hand with a harmony and peace of your own death. For those who have not come to peace and harmony with their own death, who still fear the concept of death, who still are clinging on to their concept of life and who they think they are, the idea of mapping out a future with someone else will only lead to pain and damage. For both. I made this mistake many times. Many times. But as I said to you, G, when I was able to look at my girl in the eyes, who was my blue moon, And I said to her, just after discussing the the names of our children, uh, talking about what that would look like having children together and then finishing that conversation on. But if I died tomorrow, that's okay. If a man with a machete walked in right now, it's the my throat, that's okay. I need you to get comfortable with that. Scratch that. I need you to get comfortable with that if you wish to be able to entertain a conceptual understanding of the future mapping together. It's quite real, isn't it? Back in the day, that would have hurt. Back in the day, would have hurt to visualize and to and to understand the 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 death of your mother or your father or one of your best mates who came off you in the journey. The day that the the sting, the day that the sting becomes a smile. That's when you're ready for that. But if it only stings, if there's only pain beneath that, I would not say you're developed enough to be able to start mapping out a future together and planning together without asterisks causing pain and damage, which as I've said in this podcast routinely is just fine. It's like if you're like the average person coming into this going like, so what are you saying, Adam? No one should be in a relationship planning things together if they haven't come to harmony and peace with their own death? Not at all. Not at all. Only if that they are comfortable with accepting tremendous pain and damage in the post. There is no pain and damage though 
goes to either party if both mm, I was going to say both if least it would be great if it's both but if at least one person particularly the one that has to make the decision in the end to separate is able to understand and come to peace with their own death as long as there's one person in the relationship that can do that well then you need we need we need friction to create a fire and there is no fire if if, if one of those pieces are taken apart right it's like I said that even if my, and at the time my girl didn't get it when I said to her, but if you slit my throat right now, that's okay. After talking about our children together, she wasn't happy with that at all. Wasn't happy with that at all. But it was okay because the no fire was born though, because she couldn't have started one. You know, you need friction to create a fire. We need two. I'm not going to create a fire with one hand here. I need two. So, so please come to with that and just wrapping up there. Yeah, no, but you guys can see many people get into relationships. They plan futures together. A lot of pain, a lot of damage in the post. Yeah, yeah. Deep attachment to self will do that. We'll do that, okay. And I think if he, him, and his girl can come to that conversation, at least just start it. And this is something I said in my issue, "Girls of Daddy Issues" video, G, which you may not have seen, but I said this, and it applies to you and her. You might start this work with her, but not finish it. You know, we start girls on the road to repair who have daddy issues. We start them on that road, but we're not necessarily the ones that are going to finish that road with them, nor should we desire to be. You know, some girls will reach a certain level of development with us, and then we realize that we've taken them as far as we can based on our skill, based on our level of development, and we need to recognize when we need to separate because of that. This is really, I know we're kind of, this is really important to me though. I said this before that you're... Older guys, especially in social dynamics, tend to try and force younger girls to evolve too quickly. Same thing, same principle applies here is that you should be willing to leave your partner in enlightenment of which that you have nothing more to teach them. That your current level of skill is not adequate enough to teach them anything more. That you've reached your plateau. I know it requires extreme humility to do that because you spent so much time together. Hence, the ability to separate from each other is so important and the, the ability to be able to detach from each other is so important. But the only way that you're going to allow... It's, and people think that's like... It's so, uh, it's so cold. It's so cold. To me, it's the warmest thing in the world. If I have nothing left to teach someone because I just don't have anything more to teach them, I need to go and grow and learn more. Well, then I am just withholding her ability to learn. There's someone else out there that she could learn way more from. If I can't provide that, I want her for her. For her, I want that for her. So that's when, you know, people think it's cold. How can you call that cold? What, you want the desire for someone else to learn? You think that's cold? If you think that's cold, okay. You got some work to do. For me, it's the best thing I could do for anyone. And for me as well, to recognize my own limitations and go and grow beyond them, evolve beyond them. Last one us to do the same. So, G, that's your work to do. I would love to hear your feedback on this. I would actually, uh, and like I said, drop me that audio message. I want to hear the conversation between you and her about the death of each other. doesn't need to be any more than a minute. If you send that to me on Instagram, I would be happy to listen to that and break it down for you. Okay. And that, my friends, wraps up this session. As always, I thank you all so much for your presence within this. The class discussion was challenging. It was challenging and fruitful. Challenging and fruitful, seeds were seeds were prepared. Seeds were prepared, soil was toiled, and now it will remain to seen how those of you in the Q&A 
Not, and I'm not just referring to Skeet here. There are a few of you in the chat that really struggled today. Uh, it will remain to seen what type of nutrients that you laid in the soil with. How much care and concern you give to it. Okay. So with that being said, I thank you all again. I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. I wonder if you can see the sun shining. Much peace and much joy. Ciao. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always, uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of Q&A. I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. So if you got a suggestion for a future Social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. And that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.